listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting The Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. This is our last episode for the season. I know. And it's international again. It's been really fun. It's, this has been a fun week mm-hmm. of visiting some of our friends around the globe and learning about Christmas in their context, in the culture, the, the, the country in which they serve. So today we head to Uruguay. Our friends, the Reverend James and Angela Sharp, serving the Lord in Uruguay. Thank you so much for joining us today, Sharp family. It's awesome to be here. Thanks for having us. So let's learn, before we get into Christmas, mm-hmm. where you're serving, let's learn about the the, the community you're serving and the, the culture there. Tell us about what, where you're serving in Uruguay and the, the people you serve there. We are serving in Montevideo, Uruguay. We have a church and a school and some preaching sites that we have around the the area of Montevideo. I work in Colegio San Pablo or San St. Paul School. I'm a teacher and I teach math in English at the school because it, the school has a bilingual program. I'm a church planner and I work in those preaching stations that we have strewn about the area. And I'm also the area facilitator for South America. So I oversee our mission in Peru and deal with some of our partner churches here in the Southern Cone. Now, I think since we talked with you guys last, it's been a little while. Are there, there's been some new things. I know there's been a, a new missionaries into the region. What's been happening in the last few months for you guys? Yeah, we got a new missionary, I think right before the last time we were on your wonderful program, we got Pastor Mike Anchiefer Decker, who's an Alliance missionary from Brazil. He's serving in our mission up north in Salto and Paisandu departments. And then we just got in August, Pastor Phil and Deaconess Rachel Chasef from ELCMS, who are going to be serving, planting churches to the east of Montevideo. They're going to spend this first year living in Montevideo and getting to know the town and getting their papers in order and stuff like that and getting to know the team and our work. And then we'll be heading out east to, to plant a church kind of on the eastern outskirts of Montevideo, which is an area that's really growing. What are the needs in Montevideo and the surrounding cities, the surrounding communities that for the Lord's work? Well, Uruguay is a very secular country. It's a very unbelieving country. The most atheist, most secularist country in Latin America by far, and one of the most in the world, really. And so there aren't a lot of Christians here. Christians are a minority here. So they're just a huge number of of non-believers, of completely unchurched nuns here who have never really heard the gospel. And so what we're trying to do is to reach more people with the gospel so that they can hear and believe and be saved. How does that impact your work, working among people who maybe have never even heard about Christianity, have no idea what it is? What does that mean for for your work as a church planter, but also, Angela, as you work in the school teaching the kids? How does that play out for you guys? It means that the relationships that you make with people are really important. And showing people love and really getting to know them 
and getting to know their family becomes a, a really important thing because that's how you can make connections and then ultimately how you can share the gospel with them. So a lot of our time is building those relationships and making new contacts with people and getting to know friends of friends and parents of our kids' friends, et cetera. And that's a big part of our ministry and, and a, one of the major ways that we get to know more people and get to reach more people. I think people here are initially, they're skepti skeptical of religion. They don't want anything to do with the religion. And they'll tell you that. And they'll tell you, they're, they always say there are three things you never talk about religion, politics, and soccer, because you're just going to get into arguments here. So you have to really earn their trust to get to that point. And once you do, they, there's a saying in Spanish, they call fianza of confidence, but it means like someone really trusted. If you say someone's de confianza, then you can trust them. And you have to get to the point where you're de confianza for people. And then all of a sudden, the questions will come because they really are interested because they don't know anything. They're, they're very ignorant about religion in general and about Christianity and specific. And they, most of them have no concept of the gospel, of the idea that Christianity is essentially about the forgiveness of sins. They, they don't understand that at all. And so it, I feel like it's more work to get to that spot than in a lot of other places where people might show that they're hungry for the gospel at the beginning, or they might just be more religious in general and they're be more willing to take more of a, I don't want to say superficial, but I can't think of a better word, you know, just like an initial sort of invitation. Okay, sure. You want me to come to church? I'll come to church. That doesn't happen in Uruguay in general. So you really have to put the work in and you have to do it in a way that's, that's genuine and real. You have to really care about people and not just see them as a potential convert. Uh, you have to really love them where they are and, and hope that the Lord gives you the opportunity to to love them in that same way where you're able to share the gospel with them. Who are some of the partners you get to work alongside? You mentioned some of the, the LCMS missionaries, Alliance missionaries. What's the, in terms of Alliance missionaries, are there other church bodies there that you get to work alongside? Yeah, Pastor Schieffer Decker, Pastor Mikon, is from our sister church body in Brazil, Lutheran, Evangelical Lutheran Church of Brazil, the LB, we call it by their Portuguese initials. The three other pastors that are here all came up in the Brazilian system, but now this is an independent church body built around the main congregation, Congregation San Pablo. So we we work with, obviously, at the direction of the, the national church body. Also have Lutheran Hour Ministries is very active here. They're known as Christ for All the Nations, Cristo para todas las naciones. Here and then we have the LCMS, and there are other partners that work around in our, our mission fora, we call it, which is how we do missions in, in Latin American region. We have a, a meeting of partners who all work so we can coordinate our efforts and come to consensus. So those are those are our main partners. The the school where Angie teaches is also a partner, the main congregation and Lutheran Hour. How long have you guys been in Uruguay at this point? Almost eight years. Uh, it's seven yeah. years, 11 months, <laughs> and 20 days, it looks like. 21 days, sorry. I was waiting for the minutes and seconds, too, but that's okay. I can do that if you really want. I don't know if that's good radio or not. <laughs> Probably not. 
what what has grown? I know you guys have been on, obviously on the, on the field for a long time and talking about all these partners. How has this grown since you guys started on the field? I know there's been so much exciting work happening with with the work that you've been doing. When we started, it was really just the main congregation and they had kind of an information center downtown that they staffed along with Christ for All the Nations, Lutheran Hour. And they had taken over this small mission in the north that had previously been served by pastors from Argentina. And since then, now that mission in the north in Chappaqui, they've built a building and it's kind of given birth to the second mission in Salto where Pastor Mikon is working. And we have, in addition to the downtown mission here, we have two or three places to the east where where the Josephs are going to be working. The school has grown enormously in, in the time we've been here, and that that's opened up a lot of other opportunities as well. So, you know, we have way more sites where we're doing ministry. We have new buildings, we have new congregations, and we have uh, just a, a bigger team as well. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing what's happened in, in eight years. It, it really has bloomed. Angie, what have you seen from your perspective, the the ways that, that you've had the opportunity as a family to serve and grow there and, and how the church and the school have all been impacted and grown during this time? I've seen that the impact that my family being here has had on certain, well, the school, for instance, because just having my kids in the school helps me to get to know lots of other people teachers, other parents. So I've seen an interest in catechesis classes, for example. The When my kids were in the catechesis classes, those classes tended to be larger because they would invite their friends. And so that actually has been a really important part of our mission is having our kids there and, and wanting to be a part of church life. And so that's been a, a big blessing. The other thing I've seen is the school really is growing and we've seen other schools in the area closing down, especially affected by the pandemic, but we continue to grow. And so that has really opened doors for even more contacts that we had than we had before. And hopefully moving forward, that will continue to to improve, to increase as well. I really like teaching in the school because I like being a teacher. I like having those positive relationships with my students. And like what James was saying before, when you really get to know them, they start asking you questions. And being in a Lutheran school, you can tell people what you believe. And you can't always do that in in other schools. You have to be really careful. And that's why I really love teaching in a Lutheran school. That's really neat. We have more to share in just a moment. We're talking with the Sharp family serving the Lord in Uruguay. We're going to move on to the holidays, yes. particularly Christmas, in just a <laughs> moment. You're listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. 
Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. We're talking with our friends, Reverend James and Angela Sharp, serving the Lord in Uruguay. And it is time to talk Christmas. Yes. All things Christmas <laughs> in the context in which you live and serve. Think back. Okay, you've been there almost eight years ago, eight years now. What were some of the early Christmases like making that transition to a new culture, a new community? What were some of the things you learned about Christmas early on in Uruguay? It's really different. The the weather, first of all, that's the big difference. Having <laughs> hot Christmas, it was really weird and kind of hard the first year because we were already feeling a little homesick being away from family. And Christmas is celebrated differently. So that was a big change. It, in the United States, my kids were used to going to bed early and then waking up early on Christmas morning. And here... They stay up late on Christmas Eve. They stay up till midnight. And that's when we have fireworks. And that's when parents give their kids their their gifts at midnight. My kids couldn't even make it until 10 o'clock the first year. They were all sleeping on the table and on the floor. We were at a, a friend's house and they were just done. And so I said to my friend, I think we need to go. My kids aren't going to make it any longer. But we were really thankful for the the invitation and, and to really get to experience Christmas in a different culture. I think the weirdest thing was probably Christmas Day. We had church and then we went over to our Brazilian colleague, Pastor Andre, who's the president of the church body. And we grilled, you know, and we're like standing outside and it's you know they have a pool they have a pool it's 80 degrees and and just chilling you know and i think i'm at the beginning i used to say it was weird having caught christmas but i really think it's not that it's hot it's that it's summer because i mean there are places in the states where there's hot christmas but it's it's different because it's summertime and so like the girls just got out of school the girls are done angie just had her last teacher meeting today right one more. Oh, one more. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate, sorry I reminded you of that. But the, you know, we're coming to the end of the year and in, in the U.S., it's so busy and there's busy with shopping and there's busy with school and, you know, you have all your extra services and there's this and there's that. And here, Christmas is kind of capping the winding down of the year. And it's, it's just a very different experience. I, I love Christmas. I loved Christmas in the States. One of my favorite memories of my ministry is standing outside in Baltimore on the corner of my church after our midnight mass on Christmas Eve in my vestments and just greeting people as they were walking home, you know, at midnight on Christmas Eve and the, you know, the cold and the snow and the dark. And here our Christmas Eve service is at 6.30 and it'll still be light out when we're done. <laughs> and, you know, we'll go home and throw some meat on the grill and, and stuff like that. It's just, and not really, you know, the kids are on vacation, so they don't have to go back to school till March. And it's just a very different experience because of that. I think that I, I actually think that there should be some sort of ecumenical council and they should reverse Christmas in the Southern Hemisphere. Christmas should be July in, in June, oh, okay. uh, in June 25th and, and Easter, like we should be getting ready for Easter or something. I don't know. And he, I, I'm not sure, but nobody listens to me about my calls for ecumenical council. So <laughs> just like Luther. It does feel weird because so much of what I think of as Christmas, I love listening to Christmas music and there 
is so much Christmas music about the weather and how it's cold and snow. Mm -hmm. And so listening to Christmas music here, I don't know, it just, it kind of feels like lying a little bit. It's dishonest. <laughs> even even hymnody. Yeah. You know, the planning the we're having an English service on Christmas Eve for the first time here, kind of an international service because we have quite a few folks who are English speaking or or from English speaking countries. And so I'm planning it. And you know, one of the the Christmas hymns that I really like is see amidst, amidst the winter snow. Well, I mean, yeah, it's talking about something that happened in the northern hemisphere, but it's really these are pictures that a lot of these people have no concept of, you know, so it's, and I think that gives us a feeling of nostalgia. Like as I've gotten older, things like white Christmas or I'll be home for Christmas or something like that are, are much more, I don't know, melancholy almost for me being away from home and just it's Christmas is when I really miss being back in the United States. It can really get, you can really get me, you know, like emotionally, I guess, because it's so much wrapped up in being with your family and the traditions and, and church. And it's, it's just all very different here. And there are things that I like about it here, but it's, it's the time when it really hits you. Like you're not where you're from. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's several places I, I can tell that there's just the, a disconnect of, of maybe what you grew up with and then what, what your reality is now. And obviously some good things too, but that, that can be really difficult when it's just not, not with the, the people that you grew up with or, or the places that, that you kind of associate with, with being around for Christmas. I am curious culturally what the Christmas season is like. I know, Angie, we talked with you about Holy Week on, on a Lutheran Ladies Lounge podcast, and that was a really interesting conversation about what the Easter season is like for you guys. But what is it culturally Christmas? What are those cultural traditions for you guys? Well, for our family, it's a little bit different because we've always been different. For us, going to church on Christmas morning is really nice. I like the Christmas Eve service too. Sometimes we have to have the Christmas Eve service on a different day here because of transportation issues. The city of Montevideo really closes down for Christmas. There aren't even buses available after six o'clock on Christmas Eve. And a lot of our people take the bus. So that affects when we have services, when we can have services, etc. So that's something that is really important. We try to schedule around that the best we can. Sometimes Christmas Eve service is early on Christmas Eve or it's not on Christmas Eve. It's on the day before Christmas Eve, like Christmas Eve Eve. And uh, so there have been things that we've had to change like that. But also Christmas is an, a big family day. And because a lot of our members have family that are not part of the church, it does kind of make it really hard to decide what they're going to do on Christmas Day. So for my family, it's about being in church. We have a, a big meal. That meal has changed. It's not, you know, cooked in the oven and we're outside and, and on the grill for, for Christmas. And that's what it's always been about for, for us. I love doing desserts with the kids. We do things all together, making Christmas cookies and things like that. That's always been a tradition of, of our family. It's funny because the name of the holiday here is actually Day of the Family. And it's part of the intentional replacement of 
religious things with secular equivalents in this country. Holy Week is vacation week here, and it's always Holy Week, and everybody leaves. And this is day of the family, and there's a lot of the shutdown of the buses that Angie talked about and things that actually kind of work against our having people in church. You know, people are on summer vacation, and so a lot of people will go out of town. And so it's kind of the opposite as well in the United States where Christmas and Easter are usually your two biggest attended services. And here, Christmas and Easter often are least attended services because so many people are either gone or can't get there because of the government shutdowns that they, they do. It's, it's a, a non-workable holiday. Is that what they call No yeah. laborable? So Christmas, Christmas Day, starting at 7 p.m. on Christmas Eve, is it's illegal to work basically, except for emergency type personnel. So it, it's, it's a very different experience with, because people often associate it with their family less than they do with the church family. So we do have, we have a, a church family here. Our, our brother pastors and their families are, are really close to us. And so that's kind of been our family for the last eight years, you know, we hang out and, and that's where we, we get the, the family vibe, but it, it's completely different. It's completely backwards from, from the United States. That is so intriguing that it's, it's a national holiday, but totally removed from yeah, the family. The, yeah. I did that on purpose. From, wow. The, you mentioned grilling as part of the tradition for your family and, and, and that's part of the tradition for the, the day of the family as well. Is that right? Oh yeah. Oh, if you walk around Montevideo there, you'll just smell wood grilled meats all day, every, you know, pretty much from about 10 o'clock in the morning until close to midnight, probably. Yeah. Yeah. It's a big cultural thing that everybody is having a grill out with their family and then they make a lot of extra food and they get together with their family the day after Christmas and eat all the leftovers too. So that's a, a big cultural thing here. That's a, a big part of how they do it. And, it. and also gathering around the parisha, you know, around the grill, because it's, it's a big thing. It's not like a grill that we think of in the United States. You usually have a, a little patio area and seating and, and everybody's just there all Some together. people have a complete separate house. Right out back that's actually the grill and that that's it it's like an outdoor in enclosed outdoor dining room with a huge wood-fired grill uh, like i said not everything bad about this kind of- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that's one of the Christmas you- things i can get down <laughs> with it being a national holiday but not christmas being day of the family do you it, it, is it easy to spot others who are celebrating Christmas? Yes, it is. I, I think, well, I mean, you don't see a lot of people going to church. You know, when you yeah. see them, you know, they're weird. They're, they're not from the, the dominant culture, I guess, is the best way to mm-hmm. say that. The Roman Catholic Archdiocese has this program going on for the last, oh, probably six years called Christmas with Jesus, Navidad con Jesus. And they have little signs and banners that they want people to put on their balconies and out in front of their house and everything. And that's weird to them. Like the idea that, oh, it's like keep Christ in, in Christmas sort of thing. And it's, that's countercultural here. It's, mm-hmm. it's 
way more than it is in the United States. And I understand that in in the U.S. there's a lot of commercialism and all that stuff. It's just it's very different here. And and I think that one of the ways you can see how different Uruguay is is the previous president Tabari Vasquez was a practicing Roman Catholic, but he was a president of the from elected from the the leftist coalition, and his wife who was also practicing Roman Catholic, hung a Christmas with Jesus banner from the balcony of their private home. And it was kind of a controversy here. It was almost like a scandal that that was a violation of what they call the lay state, the secular state, that the president's wife had a banner on her private home, you know? And so I think that shows you how detached Christmas, even if they call it Christmas and not family day is here in general from what Christmas is really about, which is celebrating the incarnation of our Lord. We only have about a minute or two left. Anything else that that's interesting that that's unique about your experiences in Uruguay that, that you'd like us to know about? Hmm. I was just going to mention before that I love seeing the banners because it makes me feel not as alone. And I think that's what the purpose of the banners was, that we could see the other Christians. It wasn't about finding them or how hidden we are in the midst of everyone, but that that show of, yes, I'm Christian, and I'm going to put my banner that says, you know, we're celebrating Christmas with Jesus out for everyone to see as a testament of faith. How can we stay informed on what's happening with the Lord's work in Uruguay? You can check out our website, lcms.org sharp. You can send me an email at james.sharp at lcms.org and be happy to add you to our newsletter list. We're also on Facebook, Sharp Mission Uruguay. And I don't know, probably a million other things that I'm forgetting right now. <laughs> We're in the coffee well, hour every six months or so. That's right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> should just have sharp Fridays on coffee hours, what you should do. Hey. Hey, I kind of like that. <laughs> Our guests today, the Reverend James and Angela Sharp, serving the Lord in Uruguay. Thank you so much, Sharp family, for being our guests on the coffee hour today. It's great to be here. Thank you. You've been listening to the coffee hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.